Einstein. My doc sent me a note. They said, uh, said stop smoking. Yeah. I rolled it and smoked it. Smoked the note. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm happy that you guys are here. You guys and gals, you classy people, you're keeping it classy. We're here on a Friday night. I hope that most of the things we do tonight are going to be classy. Things you can write home to mom about. Probably not all of it. But it is Friday, and you know how I am. And uh, I have a guest in the studio chilling with us. Let's see, where the hell is he? Matt, how you doing? Hello, Francis. I'm, hello to you, hello to you. How was your day? I hated it. Your day, was work good? I hated it. We have some things to talk about, don't we? Indeed. We have some things to talk about, some things to relax and chill about, and um, I don't know, I, I think that you guys are going to like what we have in store, and we'll, we'll continue to, uh, we'll continue to, Make a good push to say that this week was 100% awesome. And I think it is. And next week is going to be really great. You remember I said, yeah, I think for the next, I think for the next couple of weeks we're going to take it easy with guests and just chill out and do a lot more original because uh, I have so many things in the feeder here. But then I go crazy. Next week we got Sean David Morton, who's going to be on in the second half to support a first half topic of the fourth turning that is based on an original uh, blog that we just published on quite frankly.tv written by quite frankly writer John Carroll so that's I guess that's gonna be in line with what I said and it'll be nice to have uh, Sean David Morton back uh, Tuesday night Tuesday night might be might be free and open Wednesday Sean from the SGT report Thursday, Raw Egg Nationalist is coming on again. Matt, you remember when when Ren was on the first time? I do, I we're, do. The Vince Geronda night. Yeah. Good uh, night. Yeah, we're so I'm sure that'll be about a half hour or so about talking about Raw Eggs. And then on, uh, and then next Friday, I thought John Spina, our local parking attendant, uh, parking cop, was going to be in here, but he's not. So I'm trying to get him on for a Friday night with, because I think Matt is really going to like this guy. So I, I'm going to try to get him in here maybe on like May 12th. See the one that gave me a ticket a couple months ago? Where'd he get, well, you got a ticket here? Uh, actually, no, last ticket I got was in Tuckahoe for oh. a, an expired registration, and my registration wasn't expired. Well, that wouldn't have been him in they Tuckahoe. They keep sending me fucking bills in the mail. I ain't paying it. Those, those Tuckahoeans. Damn Tuck a hose. Tuck a hens. Yes. Anyway, it's, it probably wasn't John Spina. He's a nice guy. Yeah, John Cena is a nice guy. He's going to come in here and he's going to just, he's going to massacre us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just imagine that. I trust him. I trust him. He's a, he's a parking attendant. 
anyway so that's what we got going on next week the week after that just as good and um i think you're going to enjoy the month of may the lovely month of may and for tonight i once again implore you go to quite frankly.tv to the affiliates page and and frequent all of our wonderful sponsors there i gotta say at the end of the night there's going to be a general raffle in may that a lot of people are going to want to be a part of we have to talk about mothman we have to talk about a few other things because there's been Mothman sightings at O'Hare uh, International Airport in Chicago, which he's a little bit far off from his home in West Virginia. No. But I asked Matt if he could, I'm not reading them, I'm just, these two pieces of paper contain 10 tips for surviving an encounter with Mothman, written by Matt. We're going to do that tonight too, and these will be raffled off. I said, Matt, you know what, these, what this is going to fetch? He said, I don't even think they're funny. I said, it doesn't matter. They are now relics of the show. So we'll, we'll, we will raffle those off next week with some other cool stuff. And um, and what else did I want to say? No, that's really it. All right, let's jump into the grab bag. First thing up, hold on. I did not throw up a screen capture. And boom. There we are. All right, first one up. This is from... This is from CNN Business. North America's largest transportation network suspends use of Twitter for service alerts. So the MTA, North America's largest transportation network, suspended the use of Twitter for service alerts, saying that the reliability of the platform can no longer be guaranteed. Well, yeah, it's true. I mean, Twitter itself, it's it's rooted in, in racism. So it doesn't get thrown out to everyone. You can't, you can't have this. You can't tell anybody if their trains are on time, yeah. if the... Yeah, only white people have Twitter. Exactly. Which is just such a... It's so funny. It, it, especially this, this little piece of irony coming from the MTA. You want to talk about reliability. <laughs> the fact that the MTA is trying to, is trying to somehow throw shade at Twitter and uh, as if people are on there to, to get their MTA updates. Yeah, I don't think Twitter will ever be able to recover from this. The MTA does not pay tech platforms to publish service information and has built redundant tools that provide service alerts in real time. Those include the MYMTA and train time apps and the MTA's homepage. Uh, service alerts... Wait, so... so Wait a second. So what, what's the problem? What, what's not reliable? I want to hear them say what's reliable or not. Service alerts are also available on thousands of... Okay. The MTA has terminated posting service information to Twitter effectively immediately as the reliability of the platform can no longer be guaranteed. Why, though? Yeah. They, I... uh, they, they will remain active, and customers will still be able to tweet at the MTA accounts and get responses. That's so stupid. Following the MTA's announcement, Air France said Friday that it will also stop using Twitter direct messaging for customer service and pointed users toward other platforms. Uh, well, France quits everything, so whatever. Yeah, I know. France hasn't done anything 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 notable since since uh, Napoleon. Oh, I got a good idea now. What? I know what my new Twitter account's going to be. What is it? The MTA. You should be you should <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'll last. That'll last. Matt's finally back and then he's going to start impersonating Metro Transit. And you get you're gonna get abandoned in, in a week. Little step down from impersonating the president, impersonating. or you know the person that was that's at the White House. You should you should impersonate 
very some something very specific about Joe Biden, like Joe Biden's uh, 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 his so Joe Joe Biden's sunglasses, Joe Biden's thousand yard stare. Joe Biden, <laughs> you should be. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's a blank stare. That's not a thousand. There's a difference. That's not a thousand yards there. That's just a blank you stare. Should, There's nothing there. Okay, so you should be like, <laughs> your whole account should be Biden's blank stare, and I can see one of those blank uh, with his his mouth hang, <laughs> mouth hanging open. I don't know. Um, <laughs> impersonating. This one guy, this one, <laughs> this one guy with 15 followers was causing so much problems. Everybody, nobody could tell the difference between him and Joe Biden. It was incredible, the problems that Matt caused. All right, <coughs> uh, Matt, it's back. What's that? Le- leg lengthening. I heard, yeah, someone got surgery and then they're like three inches taller. Leg lengthening surgery is gaining popularity among men seeking to be taller, doctors said. A 26-year-old man who had procedure to increase his height from 5'7 to 5'10 explains what it was like. Alex considered himself short at 5'7. The 26-year-old who asked what his real name uh, uh, asked about his real name not to be used to maintain his privacy said he was sick of insults and jeering comments about his height shorter men routinely get spoken down to just because of that well you know what that's one thing i know that that sucks and you gotta you gotta get on with it but you better never let anybody know that you had your legs broken every couple of months to make you taller then because that's not going to get you any less jeering yeah that's like a turnoff. Yeah, it's just that. That's, that's I don't know. You better if you can keep that secret for the rest of your life. If you can keep that secret, then fine. But I don't know. That's I, I, I'd rather. Yeah. Shorter men routinely get spoken down to just because of this trait that they can't control, Alex said. So last January, he got leg lengthening operation to increase his height to five ten. My goal was never to be tall. It was just to be in a place where no one comments on my height. Leg lengthening is an intense and expensive process, but one that has become more popular and accepted in the last five years, according to Dr. Shabab Mohabibian, a surgeon at the Leg Lengthening Institute in Burbank, California. Leg <laughs> <laughs> lengthening institute. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. There's... <laughs> What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a leg a leg lengthener. I even had 60 to 65-year-old guys that have come to me to undergo the procedure because it just doesn't stop. The short people jokes just keep going on and on, and they feel inferior. You're nearly 70 years old, and you want to grow a few inches? <laughs> Give it up. Well, yeah, well, that's not even that much. Like, your average size now, isn't that average size in America? Like, 5'9", isn't that average? Napoleon was 5'9". I think he like was, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I guess five three is short, but you know, uh, I'll tell you this: short dudes that are jacked, they get chicks. No doubt. I, I mean, I'm guessing that's why most of these people want to get you know height uh, taller because they're not getting women. Get jacked instead. Oh, you know, you know, most of this is about women. Yeah, of course it is. Because because every woman wants someone that's six three. Yeah, they're all ridiculous, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and that, the other thing there, too, is I bet you any money there's not one woman that has gone and said, I need my legs lengthened now. <laughs> this is all men, and it's all because of women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Body shame. That's body shaming, right? The $75,000 four-hour operation, which is not generally covered by insurance, involves... Co- you ready? <laughs> you ready? Well, what do you mean your company won't pay to have your legs lengthened? Listen, Bob, I got to I gotta take some time. What if you're in the NBA? <laughs> I got to take some time off from work. I'm not going to be in work for a couple of months. Well, what's the matter? What are you? I've got. I got. A, I got really. Impo- <laughs> I got to get surgery. Oh my God! Are you okay? Yeah. I'm. Well, I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm going to be okay. <laughs> They're going to break my legs in three. <laughs> I'm, I'm begging them to break my legs. <laughs> I can't. This procedure uh. gets me freaked out. My femurs, right now, my femurs are burning, with anticipation. Yeah, see, like, b- uh, broken bones and blunt shit like that doesn't bother me. Needles mm. and small shit like that will oh. make me pass out, though. Oh, it's not good. Not good to think about. The $75,000 four-hour operation, which is not generally covered by insurance, involves cutting the thigh bones in each leg and inserting... Oh, no, that doesn't get you uh, freaky? It, it, you don't think that exposing your femurs and then taking a sawzall to them, that doesn't make you freak out? I'd rather, like, have something like that than, like, you know, where they have to, like, cut open a little thing in your neck and go through to get through into your shoulder. I'd rather be, all right, we're cutting here, we're right here, that's where we're working. Then over the next three, okay, so they so they break the thigh bones in each leg and inserting rods inside of them. Then over the next three to four months, the rods are lengthened for up to one millimeter per day <laughs> via an external remote control. New bone grows over the rod every day. Every day, four point zero four inches. It's like misery. You ever see that movie? Yeah. Where she comes in, he's like, no, no, no. no. She breaks his ankles. <laughs> they get it done in the first day. They regret it. They're like, oh, redo it. Physical therapy is required. For four months following the surgery, Alex went four to five times per week and used a walker. As he regained his mobility, he switched to using a cane. The final step of the process is removing the rods. Alex returned for that hour-long procedure a year after the first operation, um, and or and his insurance footed the bill, $10,000 bill. In total, Alex estimate the whole thing cost him $100,000. Damn, 50 Gs a leg? 50 G's a leg. Just stretch yourself a little every day, that's all. He said he initially dismissed the idea of leg lengthening as insane. (laughs) (laughs) But later decided it would make him happier in his body. This is transhumanist, by the way. Uh, if If all it is is pain and money, then all right, he said. Dr. Mahabuyan said that he expects to perform 50 stature lengthening operations this year, more than double the 20 that he did three years ago. <sighs> so, um, ah, well, it, I know that we had spoken about this before, and it, I just wanted to talk about it. It came back. <laughs> I wonder, you know, if anybody in the audience has ever done anything like this, we're not going to laugh at you. I would it's like just to. The, it's just the phrasing of every leg lengthening institute. It's, it's the phrasing. It's just the. <laughs> it's just a building full, full of people lengthening people's legs. Uh, going to work today. I'll see you later, honey. <laughs> what does your husband do? Oh, he's a doctor. Oh, really? What is he? The, you know, uh, ENT or what is it? Oh, he. Well, he's a leg lengthener. <laughs> But listen to this. This is from the Wall Street Journal. 
More from the AI aspect of things. Chat GPT will see you now. Doctors are using AI to answer patient questions. A pilot program aims to see if AI will cut time that medical staff spend replying to online inquiries. Now, if you don't remember what we were talking about in the early goings of the lockdowns in 2020, people like Whitney Webb were out there talking about this when we when we were learning that um, not only was the defense defense contractors, but also um, the uh, defense contractors. You had intelligence uh, services, and also they were talking about something else. I think it was Silicon Valley. They were discussing and outright becoming jealous of the kind of social controls that they had out there in China, where China was able to really, uh, you know, digitize so much, especially with the whole social credit score stuff and everything else. And that in that time, when we were we were learning about how all of these uh, technocrats were so jealous about how there was no civil rights in China, perhaps even. I mean, comparatively to what we have, and even that's shrinking over here. But what they were talking about a lot was legacy systems, how legacy systems need to be done away with. And that came down to the ability for people to be able to see a flesh and blood doctor. That's a legacy system. Uh, The ability for people to get into their own cars, a gas-powered car that is not, you know, automatically driving you or anything like that. They they said that being able to get into a car, go to a grocery store, do your grocery shopping, coming home, that is a legacy system. Like, everything needs to be, everything needs to be to your door, AI-driven, digitized, mechanized. This is the kind of shit that they were talking about. We should actually go back to that article. I got to go find it. So when I see things like this, ChatGPT will see you now, an, an AI chatbot that is going to stand in, in place of what used to be a doctor and their, their uh, staff to answer questions for patients who pay them money for medical services that has, has a human touch. It doesn't surprise me at all, uh, but it is pretty sneaky how it's, uh, how it's showing up. Behind every physician's medical advice is a wealth of knowledge, but soon patients across the country, patients across the country might get advice from a different source, artificial intelligence. In California and Wisconsin, OpenAI's GPT, Generative Artificial Intelligence, is to um, is reading patient messages and drafting responses from their doctors. The operation is part of a pilot program in which the uh, the health systems test these three health systems test if the AI will cut the time that medical staff spend replying to patients' online inquiries. UC San Diego Health and UW Health will begin testing the tool in April. Stanford, Stanford Healthcare aims to join the rollout early next week. Altogether, about two dozen healthcare staff are piloting this tool. Marlene Millen, a primary care physician at UC San Diego Health who is helping lead the AI test has been testing GPT in her inbox for about a week. Early AI-generated responses needed heavy, heavy editing, she said, and her team has best been working to improve the replies. They are also adding a kind of bedside manner. If a patient mentioned returning from a trip, the draft could include a line that asked if their travels went well. Oh, how human. <laughs> it gives the human touch that we would, said Dr. Millen. Oh. <laughs> Oh, man. How were your travels? You think that they would learn a little something from how people respond to automated Twitter DMs and things like that 
automated MySpace messages that were that would go out 15, 20 years ago at this point. It's just um, so yeah. Uh, we were told that this was going. To, this is where they're going to go, and this, I guess, is what the the slow creep looks like. And I'll save this one for later. A sperm donor father, Matt, of at least 550 children Jeez. has now been banned from donating any more sperm. Why? This guy has 550 children. I mean, I don't know. I, that's got to be a problem. That's got to that's be a well, problem. It depends on who he is. Uh, do you think who do you think has more children out there this guy over here or Charles Manson because Charles Manson knocked up a lot of chicks did he a lot of them ah, probably not 550 though. You, I, this guy also didn't knock them up though he you know donated it right so I mean I guess so he Charles had a little help. so I guess Charles Manson he's even more impressive because he actually had to do the work yeah So I guess we'll talk about that some other time because when it comes to fertility clinics and all that shit, weird, weird stuff. All right, let's get this show on the road. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Okay, so welcome. Thank you guys and gals for being with me throughout that pre-show. And welcome to The Real Deal. So if, this is what I want to ask you all. Give this episode a thumbs up if you're watching. Big team effort over there on Rumble. Always match. How many people are watching? Then there should be that many likes. Help us out, ladies and gentlemen. Last night you really stepped up and it was awesome. It, YouTube, you know, you guys, it's a... Uh, we're always up against a lot over there on YouTube. It's very hard to grow, but those of you who prefer that at seven o'clock, uh, you really do step up for us, and you do a lot of you do a lot of liking, a lot of commenting, and and thank you all. Just remember, just remember, if you never see us, if you see us, never see us again after tonight at seven o'clock, do not think that I retired. Just go and check quitefrankly.tv. Sign up for the, the, the free mailing list because if anything catastrophic happens at YouTube, we will send out an email blast. That's the only time we use that mailing list. It's for 
exceptionally big announcements, whether it is, uh, you know, a, a, a suspension or a really happy thing or whatever the hell. So just keep in touch with us and don't be dependent on Google. Have no problem where you watch at 7 o'clock. I, I hope more people do. So thank you guys ahead of time. Give those thumbs up and, uh, and share the link with whatever, whoever you know. And quite frankly, superchat.com is the universal super chat that we have set up for everybody, regardless where you are watching, whether it's on Twitch, um, Twitch or Rumble or DLive or YouTube, Odyssey, and more. Rockfin, Theta, quite frankly.tv, of course. That is the big one. So keep dumping them on us, ladies and gents. Anyway, um,. Let's see. Is there anything else I had to say? No, I'll, I'll do some more plugs later. Uh, you know, Matt is here, and before we do anything, we've got to make a really... Uh, I've, we've got to talk about something really important. A couple of days ago, I was in the bathroom. It was late at night. It's probably around... Well, not too late at night. It's probably around 11 o'clock. I said, I am going to bed. So I just got out of the shower. I'm brushing my teeth. I'm doing all this stuff. And I thought I heard a squeal or something like that. And I said, was that Aurora? So I ran into the into the bedroom, just picked up the uh, the monitor to see if, she, if it was her, if she had woken up or something like that. And no, she was fine. Aurora and Lauren was sleeping too. That was my first, my first uh, clue that nothing had happened with Aurora because if she made even the smallest peep, I mean, she and Lauren are so psychically linked that she would have been awake. So I went back into, I went back into the, the bathroom, and I'm getting myself all finished up, and I, uh, I said, what the hell? All right, well, whatever. I turn off the light, I go out, and I walk over to the back door, and I flip on the back lights, and I just look out the back window and just taking a look. You know, I do my rounds at night, and I saw this rock formation that I had put into the, the backyard at the, in the corner. Uh, it's, like a, it's like a little bit of a, uh, what are those rock waterfalls? What is waterfall? And it's this big, boulderly, boulder, boulder thing. But I realized that there's a, what the hell? Why does the rock look different? <clears throat> there's something different about this rock. And I knew. I said, this is this is happening, isn't it? <laughs> this is happening, isn't it? So I'm just gonna. I stayed there. I said, go ahead, turn around. Let me see your face. I turned around, and there was Winston, big old possum, looking right at me with that triangle face, and I um. I said, oh, boy, being tested tonight. So I stayed there in the window, and I just watched. Just watched, and I said, all right. So I closed it. I closed the window. I closed the door. I mean, closed the, the light, and I went to bed. And the next morning, I told Lauren. I said, hey, uh, I said, you know, there is a, uh, I had a little friend last night. She said, no way. So that night, the next night is when, or the next afternoon is when uh, she told me, um, she said, by the way, I, I didn't tell you. I, I should have told you, but I was back there one night, and I was just, you know, getting some, some air before she went to bed, before I had gone come home from the studio. And she said, I had noticed Winston came into the backyard, and something was in its tail. Like, he was gripping something in its tail. It was like sticks and leaves and all that stuff, and he was walking toward the basement steps. I said, what? I said, why didn't you tell me this? He's building a nest down. He's building a nest. Why, why? That's what. That's the only reason why he would be doing this. He's living in the basement. I mean, this is where I'm going down to to record the. I'm recording the morning show down there. 
I, I, I mean, he's, there's a off. Is he's not in the basement like area where the computer is, where I'm talking to Tracy, where I do taking it back and all that other stuff. But he was like five feet from me the whole time. So I called up Matt. I said, Matt, listen, we got. Uh, I, I think that uh, that that possum is is downstairs in the basement. And you 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 didn't you said he's probably not down there, right? It's not in the basement. Or in a, in a storage area. Well, yeah, well, I said probably not. Yeah, so Matt showed up on Wednesday. Yeah, he showed up yeah. on Wednesday. I was I was doing a show outside in the back uh, the backyard. I was doing a, a call-in show from the, the iPad, and Matt shows up in the middle of it with his big, tr- his big cage, and he put it downstairs in the basement where we suspected this thing was going on. And later that night, Lauren said, I heard something I've never heard before downstairs. <laughs> so I told uh, the, the next day, yesterday, Matt, you got to come by. I think we got this thing. And Lauren seen it. Lauren went down there, took a picture of it inside. Did of, she? Yeah, took a picture of it inside the cage. So, Matt, tell us about the, the removal process. You just picked it up and walked out. Yeah, that's tell, it. Did he say anything to you? Was he upset? No, nah, he's just, you know, being a possum. Did the stink was unbelievable? It was the sardines. Oh, you had put the sardines for him. Yeah, yeah. This is the oily sardines. They're good to have around, bro. I know they are. And let me tell you something. Even though I have, I got a problem. I've got a problem with them. <coughs> you know, and it's a, it's an irrational one, and I'm working through it. A couple of years ago, I would not have been able to even look at him from through a window. So I'm working through it. Even if it was a a, a, a a you know a litter of kittens downstairs, they would have had to go. But you know, knowing that it was in a cage under the, the porch, and I knew that it was just waiting for you to be taken away. I, I'm you know there was one mo- moment yesterday where I had like a half hour where I just I just plopped down on the bed and I'm just staring at the ceiling, and, and you know all my work was finished. I was about to go to the studio, and uh, I was saying to myself, man, I feel bad for that thing down there. You know, I, I don't want to evict it, but I, I would do this for any animal down there. And it's not because I don't have a, it's not because I just don't have a love for this particular particular species. It's just got to go. It can't live down there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you did a good thing. It's in a better place now. Right. And, and it's it's alive. I slaughtered the shit out of it. <laughs> I ate it. I ate the whole damn thing. No, no, you, you, where'd you, where'd you bring him? In their body of water. With woods, and when he when he left the cage, did he look happy? He was scared. Cause I like scare them out of the cage, cause they just sit there. They play possum. They don't know. So I like get the cage, and I like I jerk them out of the cage. You you jerked him off? I like do a jerking motion with the cage. <clears throat> I feel bad. And they're like whoa whoa whoa. I feel bad for uh, I really do. Now the, the the other thing that Lauren freaked me out about was she said, um, "Are you sh- are you sure it was Winston?" I said, "What are you talking about?" I she don't said, know. "Your mom saw it." Lauren said, "Are you sure it was Winston and it wasn't his wife Marge?" I said, "What?" Marge. There's a second one and you named her without telling me. <laughs> Winston and Margaret Marge. Margie, she gives her. I, I don't know what's, what's what's going on. She names these possums like they're Barbie dolls, and so I, I hope that he doesn't have a doting wife back there. I hope he doesn't have a wife, a, a sweet doting wife. It's about to be a single mother. Another single mother. That's all we need. 
Oh, boy. All right. Well, anyway, that's what I just wanted to let everybody know because people were very invested in the Winston story. He has been evicted. We found him. And he was, he was living very, very close to all of us. All right. Anyway. Uh, let's do a little bit. Uh, oh, what did you think about Jerry, Jerry Springer dying? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd, I guess that's sad, but I mean, I don't think it's like a national like tragedy. Have you ever been to one of those? Have you ever been to one of those um, those shows being recorded? Nah. Because uh. Jerry Springer, he was a Chicago show, right? I think everybody else is in Stanford, Connecticut. Wasn't isn't Maury in Stanford, Connecticut? Yeah, he is. I think Montel used to be in Stanford. Or is Jerry in Stanford and Maury is Jerry in Chicago? Jerry might have been in Stanford. No, Maury's definitely in, in Stanford. Okay. Because I know Stanford, Connecticut had a few of those shows. And maybe... Uh, oh, maybe Phil Donahue? I don't know. Yeah. Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake. Uh, here's another thing I wanted to throw out to you. So, you know about Tucker Carlson? Yeah. Check this out. Check he, out. He check. already has more high ratings than Fox and uh, everything <laughs> combined. Everything. Look, this is from uh, the boy <laughs> Vibo, 1991 on Twitter, says, Kaboom, Tucker Carlson had more views on his first Twitter monologue than all cable news shows for the entire day combined. Insane. Insane. I mean, that's just really the way it is. And this is not even a test. Obviously, if something goes viral, if something goes viral... This is just the nature of things right now. Tucker Carlson had a lot of eyes, a lot of interest on his story and what he was going to do next. So it just added to what is already a massive following he has. But this is just another reminder of the world we live in. Television is not really that important anymore. I mean, it's when you anything that, that reaches tens of millions combined across all the cable channels... You know, if you put out an emergency broadcast system message across every station there is known to man, then you're going to reach a substantial amount of people. I'm talking about DIY, the Food Network, everything combined, not just news. For sure, there's still many millions of people watching TV. But um, but, but, but compared to where we were and, and where we're going, man, this is, this, is, this is the real reality of it all. So, all right, let's go over to Babylon B and see what they're doing. How's that sound, Matt? Let's do it. Let's do it. It is Friday, after all. First headline, Babylon B. Let's see, cue card. Cue card hosts... <laughs> a cue card hosts a press conference while Biden is out sick. <laughs> because, again, he's getting uh, shit for being exposed with cue cards and... And, of course, that Corrine Jean-Pierre woman comes out and says, oh, no, this is very normal. Yeah, yeah. it's normal for him. <laughs> it's no yeah, we know. Play on words there. It's very normal. You go to retirement homes. Headline, Randy Weingarten explains she tried to reopen schools in opposite world. That's it. <laughs> we were just talking about her last night. An absolute lying weasel. Lying weasel. Should be in prison. This is a teacher's union president. She's straight up saying that they tried everything they could do to get kids oh, back in yeah, school. Yeah, I did hear about this lady. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, she's the driving force for it not happening. Headline, Biden unable to participate in Democrat debates due to looming screenwriter strike. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hollywood's got an issue with that. Yeah, they're already trying to get out of that, huh? Mm-hmm. 
My cousin Sherry just texted me. He said, I went to Ricky Lake show twice. It was the easiest one to get tickets to. I've also been to The View a couple of times. Oh, the only why? one, I, The only one I went why? to, I, I don't know. Maybe, oh, back in the day, back in the day, it, it wasn't like there this. There wasn't TDS. It, no, yeah, it wasn't like this. It, not to say that, the, that may, perhaps they did something of quality at some point. It was always made for... You know, it's daytime women's program. Yeah, it wasn't a political show back then. They tried. They talked about current events and they gossiped and all that stuff. But you know, they, everything is destroyed now. For example, me, the only thing I went to a taping of, me, Anthony, uh, my mother, my father. I think Lauren was there, too. I don't know. This is like 2010, 11, around there. We went to a taping of Jimmy Fallon. That was a fun time. It was a fun. It was a fun night out. It was. It was cool to see how all that stuff was produced. But um, yeah, you can just. I think those tickets are free. Yeah, it's when Jimmy Fallon was funny too. Yeah, well, all right, let's move on to a couple more over here. Screen capture. Here we go. Headline, Planned Parenthood CEO warns that Down syndrome Barbie could teach young girls to value human life. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, see, like, I don't even know if that's satire. No, 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 no. no th this right here is one of those things where it's like, because th part of the whole abortion thing is wanting to, if you, if you find out that there is just something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something wrong or there is a, a developmental um, something that, that goes wrong in, uh, in gestation, <laughs> they want people to feel more encouraged to, uh, to abort babies for that reason, too. And it, and it was spent, and they have used Down syndrome as a main thing, as a main pitch for one of that reason why choice is so important. Mm -hmm. So when Mattel comes out here and does all of their their differently abled pandering, that creates room for Babylon B to make a very timely and poignant joke about Planned Parenthood kind of being between a rock and a hard place on this one. You know, so that's why satire is so important. This is why the um, this is why the court jester was so important. Man, here's a headline. Man jiggles toilet handle, thus exhausting his knowledge of plumbing. And that's it. That's what most of us don't. Well, there's another thing. If, it's the, if the toilet is about to overflow, you got to get under the toilet and turn the water off so it doesn't overflow. There's a valve there. You don't actually have to watch it overflow helpless like I used to do as a child. Just you just feel helpless. Those those last centimeters, you're like, up oh, here we go. <laughs> oh gosh. Nikki Haley tells Emperor Palpatine, South Carolina is an ideal place to build a Death Star. You heard about this? Uh, Nikki Haley uh, was talking about Disney. Said that Disney is uh, would be great re relocation spot for. Uh, that South Carolina would be a great relocation spot for Disney. There is no greater way. This is stupid. She's she's a complete moron. But there's no greater way of turning South Car Carolina into a blue state. At least at least through the state government. <clears throat> I thought they wanted to move it to Texas. I don't know. By the way, if you value children's lives, that's one of those things too, man. Have you ever been to to Disney World? No. I've been there a few times, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun uh, if if you're uh, a child, and um, especially if you don't know what the hell's going on. But uh, 
but that's one of those things that I always wanted to to, to bring a child of my own to, so they they could know what we knew. What? I think, who knows? Who knows what the future brings? If if global warming turns out the way that they do, there's not going to be any Florida anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Here's one last one for you. Headline: Unemployed guy's basement selfie video crushes Fox News in primetime ratings. <laughs> I know. You know, there there was a tweet that was put out there by someone. I thought it was so great. Hold on. Let me find it. It has to do with this before we move on to our first big topic. Uh, here it is. It's from Emma Joe Morris. Emma Joe NYC. This is very well put. It is a clip of a Mediaite article. The headline is Jimmy Kimmel roasts Tucker's first video post Fox. He said, looks like he made it while waiting for a table at the Cracker Barrel. Now, Emma Jo Morris says, commentary like this draws a glaring contrast between Tucker and his media peers, a great example of why Tucker is so beloved. Tucker posted that he enjoys the company of normal people, and Kimmel sneering at him, using uh, uh, using eating at Cracker Barrel as some kind of an insult. It's just so ugly. Kimmy, uh, Kimmel is an, uh, it's a, a disgusting creature yeah, well i'll tell you what he did he just uh, gave some business to cracker barrel now i love cracker That's exactly i never been to but now i want to go to one dude the, the first place lauren and i usually go to at least the last couple of years of going down to myrtle beach again because we used to go down there a lot when we were younger but the first place we usually hit up is cracker barrel well and i love their i love their uh, their, their staff I mean, every the staff of most restaurants down south are usually amazing. Everybody's just so pleasant down there. But Different I world, man. It's yeah, just, it's amazing. Totally. Everyone has respect. But I'm I'm going to Stanford uh, tomorrow, so I'm gonna see if there's a Cracker Barrel no. along the no no. It's a southern thing. No, it's a southern thing except for one place in the Northeast, Fishkill. There's a there's been a Cracker Barrel for decades now in Fishkill, New York. Are you sure there's not one in Pennsylvania somewhere? Oh, there there might be. But oh, you mean that's the closest one is in Fishkill? Yeah, in this in this area, Fishkill, New York is the is the closest one. By by the Splashdown uh, Water Park. But yeah, Cracker Barrel is is every other block, especially once you get down to the Virginia area. It's every other block, and I love eating. I love eating the breakfast there. I like their the I like the sourdough French toast buffet style. No, they don't have a buffet there, but they just have they have the warmest smiles. They make you feel like you're human. All right, here we go. First thing up is these uh, cattle mutilations. Now, Matt, you are into you're an animal trapper. You know animals well. Mm-hmm. I do. I have a kinship with them, really. cut cutting cut to you cut to you jerking (laughs) jerking the possum trying to throw it out of the cage the kinship it's not like violent they hang on i know they probably think it's fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) i hope i hope they do they just get caught in a cage overnight they get picked up by a giant alien tossed into some foreign thing I'm glad somewhere they never been before and let go <laughs> I'm glad that you th- you got a uh, you got them some sardines though because he was in that cage for about 24 hours mm, no I don't know if it was that long just about 24 because he was caught yeah, he was caught busy. he was caught a few hours after you it's been a little busy at work yeah just after you put him down there he was caught quick so you're 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 the master Anyway, here, oh wait, you know what? 
there's one thing I wanted to ask you about, and then we can get to all these this this stuff about weird animals and cryptids and Mothman. I was talking about voting rights last night. Maybe you have an opinion about this. There was a uh, an ex-Intel guy, ex-Army PSYOPs expert. We were talking about this yesterday. It had to do with it had to do with Tucker Carlson being fired. And he offered up a reason why Tucker Carlson was fired, why it was so important to get him off the air at Fox. And uh, here's what he said. He said that a um, that Fox News fired Carlson to maintain a, quote, semi-lobotomized, quasi-retarded population. Now, this was a goal for the media and, of course, the, the real brain trust that is behind them. And I, I'm 100% on board with it. In fact, I'm very happy that he used the terminology that he did. But I, I started asking the question again. Yes, when you, when we are surrounded by this kind of this kind of uh, this kind of intellectualism or non-intellectualism, who should be allowed to vote? And seriously, I understand the novelty of everybody gets a vote and it's a democracy and all that stuff. We need democracy to make a republic work, even on lower levels. But it's just there's 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 less and less skin in the game. People are voting themselves largesse now from the treasury. It is it is a it is going in a it's a hopeless downward spiral from there. There's no way to get better. It really makes you wonder who, if there is a system that you could ever restart and go from the beginning, who is allowed to vote? What do you think about that, Matt? Do you ever give that any thought? Yeah, I think the age should be at least 21, maybe even 25. Um, yeah, we can't have high school and college kids. I'm sorry, voting in elections because they, they don't have real world, uh, world experience. So, okay, um, so number one should be age. That or or if you're like 21 or 23 and you're like like a landowner, like, you know, you have a farm or something like that, then yeah. Then or you own you a home. a little more stake in what says goes on. Or you own a home. Or if you have inherited a home or something like that, yeah. See, that, it, it's one of those things where I'm I'm... I'm all for it. Or, or if you want to vote before 21, you have to pass some type of like civics exam or some fucking thing like that. At this point, it's all hypothetical because there's no really going back. It's all hypothetical. And I like talking and thinking about this stuff. I got an email. Listen to this. Said, hey, Frank. Um, he said, hey, Frank, last night you mentioned that you would be addressing voting. I wanted to reach out and share my thoughts on the matter. Even though things are not as cut and dry as we are discussing them, I have come to a conclusion that about a year and a half ago, maybe two, there should be two qualifiers that allow your voting privileges. Number one, you own land, or I would say just property. Um, number two, you are responsible for the life of a child. So I don't know about that one. No, can't do that. I don't know about nope. that one because uh, a lot of people, there's a lot of people out there who would just vote for the the, the, the government <clears throat> to be a baby daddy. Yeah, no, and, just because you have a kid doesn't mean you're responsible. So here's the thing. He said, from my point of view, it doesn't matter what race, creed, gender, or any form of nonsense you want to throw at this. Without meeting one of these two, you have no skin in the game and don't care about what the future really holds. I could go on, but I think that you know what I'm going to, what I'm trying to say. Have a great show. I'll be watching, listening while I work tonight. Cheers, Bill. Now, here's my thing. This is why I say this is all completely hypothetical for me. Because at this stage in the game, yes, there's plenty of people out there who own their own home 
who own uh, you know <clears throat> parcels of land they, they they whatever they invest in real estate they do things like that no doubt about it home ownership is a is still very very common in the United States but more and more now today the repo men would be some of the largest landholders at this point i mean you you worth talking we are now in 2023 so many generations into these cycles of predatory lending practices for, for the issuance of, of credit uh, that can never be paid back, home loans that can never be paid back, inflation, planned bank crashes. I mean, we are talking about generations of people who have lost already the proverbial family farm. I mean, think about all the people who lost the family farm or had to give up family property because they couldn't pay estate taxes because they because you know there was uh, there was credit there was loans that were given there was uh, the injections of capital yeah. and then there was credit crunches and everybody defaulted and they had to give their property to the bank every time there was one of those financial crises that are so many times over and over throughout history completely contrived and completely planned. It is they're they're robbing us. That's what happened with my grandfather's house. What is that? The estate tax when someone passes away or something. Yeah. So he bought the land, planned the house out how it was going to be built exactly, and yeah, when he passed away, I mean, I get I wanted to buy it, but they said no, and that uh, house is lost. Well, this is well. Some of these estate taxes are so bad that most people, most people. Uh, especially if they don't have the means to step in and make sure that they keep this, this, this land in their family for at least another generation, they usually have to sell the land just to pay the tax. That's the thing, you know. It's, the, it's incredible what we're doing here. And then you know, then we're talking about generations, after, like I said, who have lost, and they're, they're, these are people who would be voting completely differently than all of these ESG cultist back, uh, BlackRock types. So, you know, I like talking about this, but really, if you were ever going to, we can never really talk about it from a standpoint of if there was ever going to be a reset of our own. And, and we're going to start from the beginning because, you know, there, there, there definitely would have to be some different kind of barrier to entry for voting because the priorities that people bring to the voting booth at that point, those would be liberty affirming priorities. It wouldn't be what can the government do to keep me going, and, and 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 you know people they lose all of their morals when they go into a voting booth, you know I, I love that um, that uh, that that uh, Murray Rothbart meet uh, meme that I, I I shared on Instagram recently. It said Republicans and Democrats are just socialists who disagree on how to spend money that's been stolen from people, and it's. It, it's 100% true. Everybody loses their morals. They don't even go into the voting booth thinking about that kind of thing. And, um, and if there was more skin in the game, it would change around big time. But to implement that now, after over well over 100 years of the predatory lending practices and, and having people uh, rooked of their inheritances and all that shit, I mean, hell, there's still upward mobility in this country, but there is a lot there is a lot that has been stolen from people. And every parcel of land that has been stolen means that that is autonomy and that is political power that was stolen and concentrated somewhere else. So um, in, a, in, a, in a country that was supposed to have all of its political power and influence invested in little people, in the little farms and the towns and all that, that's a, a big cultural shift right there. 
So I'm leaving that one open to you guys and gals. You can call in on that anytime tonight. And, um, and yeah, I'm going to open up the lines for that right now. We'll do the last 15 minutes on that. Oh, whoop, Matt just disappeared. My bad. Welcome back, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so 914-595-6953. Call in about that. And in the meantime, we're going to talk about these uh, the cattle, the missing tongues. Matt, have you ever seen anything, any, uh, any kind of a, uh, a carcass left behind that just did not look like it was done naturally by predators or a, a hit car or anything like that? Anything that made you wonder? Yeah, but then I kind of figure it out. <clears throat> well, that's good. Like the other day, I just, what, what, what the hell was it? They called up for a, this Larchmont. Oh, yeah, I went there. I'm looking for what's supposed to be this big carcass of some animal. I'm like, all it was was the head and the spine and the rib cage, and there was nothing else. No blood marks around, no drag marks around. It was just right there. I just thought that was weird. So, I mean, I guess something must have just dragged it over or a bird had it. And It, it, it was, it, but wait, you said it was a, a bird a, might have scavenged it and then dropped it while it was in air. And how big was it? Like you that. said it was a big carcass? No, the, oh, that's okay. what they said, but it was like, it was like this big. Okay. All right. So that, okay. So that's <clears> something else. They, 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 there has to be some sort of a, um, an explanation for that but what if you came across something like this here is from zero hedge x files like mystery nope sorry x files like mystery in texas as cattle found dead with missing tongues authorities in texas are investigating the mysterious deaths of six cattle found with their tongues completely removed by precision clean cuts now that's the thing that was always grabbing the attention of people who are looking into cattle mutilations of the past it is cuts that were so clean and were bloodless that it could not have been made with any kind of tool known to man especially if the uh if the animal was alive during the the surgical procedure ranchers in madison county about 100 miles southeast of waco found a mutilated remains of a six-year-old longhorn cross cow lying on her side at, at their ranch. Madison County Sheriff uh, said, a straight clean cut with apparent precision had been made to remove the hide around the cow's mouth on one side, leaving the meat under removed uh, untouched. So under the removed hide untouched. The tongue was also completely removed from the body with no blood spill. It was noted that there were no signs of struggle and the grass around the cow was undisturbed. Investigators from the sheriff's office said investigators added no footprints or tire tracks were noted in the area. That's some weird shit. Is there a picture? No. Ranchers also report five similar cases involving four adult cows and one yearling in Brazos and Robertson counties. The exact cause of death of the six livestock is unknown. Each was found in the same way. The face cut along the jawline and the tongue removed in straight, clean cuts with apparent precision, the sheriff's office said. One commenter on the Facebook post wrote, wrote, this is just to distract us from how high inflation is. (laughs) Yes, the entire country's attention was brought to this and they were able to get away with it. Yeah, uh, that that is. A, are you a cattle rancher? I know that we have people out there that that do this for a living. Have you ever 
encounters something like this? I'd have to imagine that out of all the calls for paranormal and weird, creepy stories that I would have gotten something like that submitted in the past. But who knows? I'm taking a uh, taking a shot. So you can call in about cattle mutilations or anything like that that you've you've discovered that was you you just cannot pin uh, a reason why it happened. You can call in about voting rights. Although, let's see if there's a um, a bottleneck here because no calls are coming in. It usually happens. So I'll have to restart that during intermission. And then there's this. Then there is this. There is Mothman. Now, I'm going to read through this. It's not a long one. We could talk about it a little bit. We'll go on break. We'll come back. And we're going to take a little bit of your advice, Matt, for, for surviving a Mothman encounter. Here it is from the Daily Caller. Video claims repeated Mothman sightings at Chicago O'Hare Airport. A video released late Thursday reported that a terrifying creature has been repeatedly spotted at Chicago O'Hare International Airport. The video was produced by The Y-Files and explores the myths and legends around the Mothman. Put succinctly, the Mothman is a giant humanoid beast with glowing red eyes, standing somewhere between 7 and 10 feet in height with a gigantic wingspan. The descriptions of the Mothman are accurately or actually super similar to the way that Ezekiel describes angels in the Bible. This beast or angel has shown up throughout history, typically just before a major disaster near wherever the reports are being made. Examples cited by A.J. and Hecklefish include a bridge collapse in Ohio River, 9-11, and many more from around the world. On 9-11? Around the time. I don't remember that. Well, you remember we were talking about this last weekend? That some people claim that a big-winged creature was seen near the towers that day? You remember this? I, we were talking about the face in the smoke? I remember the face in the smoke, yeah. So, I mean, I can look into the Mothman 9-11 claims and see what, what the <clears throat> details are that we're not getting here. And many more from around the world. Recently, sightings of the Mothman have picked up around Chicago O'Hare's International Airport. One report came from the USPS sorting facility at the airport where a woman claimed she had very close encounter with the beast, according to GNL Magazine. That should be concerning. That's the, the Illuminati Airport, right? No. No, no. You're talking about Denver. Well, that's the, that's the like, uh, the, the most proud Illuminati one. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just ridiculous out With there. the demonic horse, yeah. Yeah, Blucifer. They call it Blucifer. What I love about the video is that it manages to resolve a majority of the reports of the Mothman as either hoaxes or, uh, or just silly claims, but the recent reports are a little harder to deny. So is something about to happen at O'Hare? Are we being visited by angels? Or is this just really a fun story and a video? Whatever the case may be, you can make up your own mind. So I don't know, that's, uh, that's a half hour long video. Maybe we'll play it on the network this weekend, but for now- oh, I'm gonna watch it tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll make sure I send it your way. Scare my girlfriend. Go ahead, do it. Do it. So at 7.54, I'm going to restart the phone system over here, which is just Skype. And then when we come back, I'm going to read through what Matt has. There's 10. There's 10 tips on how to survive an encounter with Mothman. With the Mothman. And then we have so much more to do. So much more to do, including... What is this? I have a Napoleon Bonaparte. Uh, short thread on that if we can do he was half Italian we can do 15 common historical stories that are not true we can do that 
And, uh, and then I really want to dig into some of these wonderful calls that I know will come through. So don't go anywhere, ladies and gents. We're about to get that kicked off right after this short intermission. It's intermission time, folks. Time out. Press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? So um, I hope that that works. I restarted the Skype. I just know when something's wrong. But I uh, would love to have some phone calls. I would love to get your super chats in. We're going to do that right now. Montana Todd says, giving this to you to help with the cost of Matt's fee of removing Winston. I love your show. I, I didn't charge him. We always, uh, well, we all, we all help each other out over here. We're all friends. But thank you, Montana Todd. I'm happy that Winston is just back in nature. Yep, with Jesus. Back in nature with (laughs) Jesus. See, you know, at least I... No, he's alive. (laughs) He's alive in a sense. With Jesus. He's alive in a sense. (laughs) He's alive in Jesus. I have two birthdays I want to throw out there. One today that I was supposed to do last night so that he could have heard it this morning. But I want to wish Jay Gulinello's brother, Mark Gulinello, who I think actually introduced Jay to the show. I, I, I don't know if I got that right. But Mark 
turns 40 today. His birthday is today. So I'm sorry that I was not able to give you a morning listening treat, Mark, but Chentan, and I hope that, uh, you and your family have a wonderful weekend of just celebrating you and just relaxing, and thank you for being out there. Great family out there. Great family, those Gulanellos. I also want to wish a happy birthday on behalf of... Okay, well, I'm just going to read this. Hey, Frankie boy, please, can you wish our Jeff a happy 28th birthday? Jeff turns 28. He's an amazing dad and unique uncle. A unique Uncle Jeff today. That was yesterday, the 27th of April. Love you forever. Love, Becky. Marnie. Marnie Lou. Reese. Brian and Maury Phoenix. Very, very wonderfully named family. And all there celebrating the 28th year of life for Jeff. You know, it's Lauren's birthday tomorrow. Lauren's birthday is April 29th, and that is also the anniversary of our engagement. Because she didn't doesn't doesn't prefer celebrating her birthday and making a big deal out of it, so I made an even bigger deal out of it. And I, I, uh, I engaged her on that day. So, happy birthday, Lauren. We'll be going to somebody else's wedding tomorrow to celebrate her birthday. <laughs> but that'll be nice. Very nice. All right, into the grab bag. I mean, the, uh, the super chats a little bit more. Dan Schumann says, Great show. I love all the rocking chairs out on the Cracker Barrel porch. Also, play the peg game until you get down to one. It can be done. I did it at least once. Love your work. Yes, I did it too. You pegged yourself? Yes. I got I got the peg down to one. You never played the peg game? I've never pegged myself. Well, How, uh, well you should try the sometimes. The idea is just to start with as many pegs as you can and work your way down to one big one? Yes. Okay. It's about it's about, it's, it's about <laughs> work your way down to an enormous one. Uh, it's the triangle with all the pegs in it, and you have to over you have to pop stop you know uh, jump over the peg, and you eliminate one, and you have to try to just skip over one. You can only do one at a time, and you have to try to eliminate all the pegs so you get down to one. It's actually really tough, and I did it twice last summer. Last summer I did it twice, but yeah, I like all the the rocking chairs out front. And in fact, the the gift stores at Cracker Barrels, if they're all the same, I don't know. But the 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 gift store at the one in Myrtle Beach, man, I did a lot of Christmas shopping there two years in a row. I love all the retro stuff they have in those gift stores. I did a lot of Christmas shopping there. I got Anthony this cast iron egg frying pan that was shaped like a guitar. Things like that, you know? Yeah. It was good. It's good. They already had all their their Halloween stuff out at that point, too, so it got me in the mood for fall. All right. All right. Let's go. Thank you for that, Dan Schumann. Dooku Dan says, ideas for Matt's new Twitter account name. Number one, licking the world. Because, you know, that's what Joe Biden said. He said, let's go uh, Let's go lick the world. When let's go he, lick it. When did he say that? Uh, it was. I think it might have been in Ireland. Let's go lick the world. You know, it's just like you try to say, well, "Let's go lick them, give them a good licking." Like you're gonna beat them, but you're just gonna like. Oh, it's an old. Oh but, yeah, okay. From like the old Yale 1920s days, right? Like it's an old Yale guy. We're or going something. up there. We're gonna give you know. 
who did who did Yale play? Harvard. We're gonna give him a good licking. Yale versus Princeton. We're, we're gonna give Princeton a good licking. Yeah, we're gonna give him a good licking. We'll get him. You know, so but but of course when he goes out there and says we're gonna lick the world, lick the world. It's just you think about all the people he's licked just yeah. in front of cameras that we know of. Sick bastard. Sick bastard. Praise who knows. The president, sick bastard. It's that Family Guy. Remember when he's like that that uh, gang of Tom Brobo? Looky here, look like someone looking for a licking, looking for a licking. Here's a little bit more for you. Here's another. Uh, here's another idea for Twitter account names. Joe's depends. So you can be. A, it's gonna be <laughs> account for his depends diapers. Number three, you know the thing. Number four, I ain't black. Number five, Mr. Jill. Mr. Mr. Jill. Mr. Jill Biden. Uh, number six, licking and sniffing. Number seven, here's the deal. I'm incontinent. And number eight, you can just be Joe's brain. That's what he said. Thank you, Dooku Dan. Uh, Chef Jay Kinney says, Hi, Frank. Just made bison burgers with roasted rosemary sweet potatoes for dinner. When Jay Gulanello comes back, can you ask him about ORAC? O-R-A-C, values in food. ORAC values represent an antioxidant level in food. Can you please uh, send me an email? And I'll forward it to Jay so he can put it in his notes. I have a few things that we can do. Um, I have a couple of different shows worth of stuff that we can do with Jay. But that's... Just saying. All right. KT Sky D says, OMG, I was just thinking about leg lengthening surgery earlier today. This is my chance at finally being a normal sized person. Quite serendipitous to hear you read about it on this very evening. I'm going to go do it. See, there's there's one woman that wanted to do it. You know, uh, I, I, I aged in the, the Gilded today because I, I finished writing the show tonight so early. That I was spending a little bit more time in the Gilded just messing around with everybody. And you saw in, in my text messages, I had sent you guys old pictures of me. where I or, Well, pictures of me that I aged. Did you see those? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I started aging things for people in the, in the, in the Gilded room who don't have that app. And uh, Katie's one of the people I aged out. Uh, Casey Kakalak, he wanted... Uh, Want her her uh, her face aged out? It's a lot of fun. Uh, they they aged a lot better than I did, because, well, then again, I I try to look. <laughs> whenever I take old pictures of myself, I I try to look regretful and despondent and depressed, so it looks just worse. Do you know that's one of the reasons? One of the times I got many times I got kicked off of Facebook, and when my first original account was because I was like taking. <laughs> <laughs> what. Me and, like, that group of people I was telling you about, we would, like, you know, the people that would argue, I would go and I would get pictures of theirs and I would, like, age them or their family. <laughs> and, like, you know, one lady, I, I would, like, just, like, point out something and just circle something and write, like, herpes. <laughs> oh, I remember that. You would nitpick the photos. It, that must have been so infuriating for them. Yeah. That must have been so infuriating. Oh my gosh! That's like right when it started, kind of ending the fun on well, Facebook. Well, I love when, when whenever we do those those uh, those photo edits. I love when we do the aging, 
and then we take the aged photos and age them, <laughs> and then we age them, and we get worse and worse and worse to so where where we barely can even recognize ourselves from our eyes. You know, it's just uh, it it gets it gets just so disturbing. <laughs> I took a picture of Mikey T with his daughter when he first had his daughter, and I aged it. What the fuck, bro? Oh, oh, when you aged his daughter? <laughs> uh, we aged we aged Aurora once, and she ended up looking like uh, she ended up looking like uh, like Lauren's grandmother. I remember that picture. It's just it was so funny. It was so funny. Uh, I really do think that they they're onto something. A lot of those aging things, like I I can see myself looking at this at one point. I really can. I really can. But your your aging pictures are the best. Especially the the last one. Which is it all goes away. Alright, over on Rumble, let's see what's happening there. We have a couple of Rumble rants to do. First one is from Cave Toad. It says, Frank, I missed your answer last week. Where can we find the cool set the charge vids you you show during your broadca- broadcast? Happy Friday and hiya, Matt. Do you use the uh, did you use the laugh for your ringtone? Oh, no, I can't, because I'll get a call, I'm at work or something, I don't know, but no, I didn't. You can't use your own yeah, laugh as a ringtone. Yeah, I can't use my own laugh. That's, you can't do that. But Cave Toad, whatever is still available, I mean, there's a lot of things on the on the Set the Charge YouTube that has been made private. If it's, like, really old and it's like, it's like an older sound when Tom and Derek weren't around and we're trying to, con- I think it's all about just consistency of presentation and sound or whatever and production quality. Um, whatever is available is on the Set the Charge YouTube. I want to go into some of those older things and show you guys some things from back in the day. Free Dubs says, Us diehards always hit that like button and tuck some bills in your mankini when we can, Frank. Well, you're very kind. I appreciate you. I really do. And Rumble has um, been a great place. It's made all the sting of how YouTube has changed really lessen. It's good to... To not be so dependent on that being the main thing. All right. Over on Foxhole, we'll get to that in a second. Maybe we should do it now because it's obvious. It sucks, but it's obvious that um, uh, that Skype is just not not going to... It's not working. It's just obvious at this point. Hold on a second. I'm going to close this. Let me exit out of the whole thing. And let me start it up again. A cigarette, bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the... Let's see. Wow, I haven't seen one of these in a long time. Hold on. Let me see. Oh, not that much came out. It's the candy cigarettes. I haven't seen these in so long. I'm going to have to... Uh, I'll chew on these later. I would never do that to you guys They're at home. Delicious. What's the what's the name of the actual uh, cigarettes again? They're all different kind of brands. What's that Lucky? Yeah, Lucky Brights. Lucky Brights, the I candy cigarettes. Lucky Strikes. I used to smoke those. They sometimes. used to sell these. They used to sell these right out of the uh, the ice cream truck. And that Pank House. Pank House. Yeah, Pank House. I only only recently stopped calling it that. Here we go. Over on over on Foxhole, quite frankly, TV. Texas Rando says, hey, Frank, I listened to the podcast in my truck, but I got the Rumble app just to go in and hit those likes. Thank you so much, Texas. Thank you. 
Sean Joe, thank you. Robert Sarn says, get a tall glass of milk. You got it. Here comes the cookies. Um, wow. They dropped a boatload of cookies. Thank you so much. Youper Viking says, I was once married to a short man. I'm 5'7". He was about 5'6". Uh, he was insufferable. Stop laughing, Mom. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Was it because of the height? Do you think if he was 5'10", he wouldn't have been insufferable? There's plenty of tall guys who are insufferable. C. Blanche, thank you. NJSF says those doctors are just another type of useful idiots training their replacements no less. AI he's talking about. Viking again says, hey, Frank, you got to ask my mom about her encounter with a bear and the wolves. Unreal. Encounter with bears and wolves. I would love to. We should do that. We should do wilderness encounters with predators. There's got to be people out there who have had encounters like close calls with bears and uh, mountain cats and things like that. Falkalon says, is that a turtle on Matt's hat? Is it? No, it's Trump's hair on oh, Punisher uh, skull. It's, it's just the skull's black. There you go. It's Trump's hair. Thank you, Witchy. Thank you. Uh, Jason says, poor Winston, but he had a happy ending. Yes, he had a happy ending. I would have never sentenced him to death. Never. I've got some things to work on, I know, but that... For, for, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I hope he wasn't separated from a family because, of course, we need to get all of them out. My gosh. It's like a little. Gotta get them all out. Living in. Well, if he was building it a couple days ago, he probably didn't finish it. Maybe he did. I don't know. The Alfash, thank you. Joe Bell Who says donation for the QFTV Petcast or Pestcast with Matt. Let's go. Matt was supposed to do history videos how many different kinds of uh if you need help filming them all you got to do you have to pick out the content and we'll film it man I right, people want to see you do extra content well i have a camera i can just have you know i can have stacy film or something set it up just you know put it on an angle press record and We're just supposed to go to uh yorktown where virginia yeah well, whatever. Williamsburg. You, just, it doesn't have to even be high tech. It can be very low quality stuff. Just hit record and just give everybody the lesson for the day. It could be a five minute video. I think it would be, uh, it'd be wonderful. And you can just also give advice for life. <laughs> the Alfash Chai Possum says, Hubby says taxpayers only to vote. But that's the whole thing there, Chai Possum. <laughs> The founders didn't want to pay taxes. That's the whole thing. Exactly. That's the whole thing there. Uh, taxes got to go. I I dare I say not paying your taxes is one of the most patriotic things you can do. It's one of the most patriotic, th patriotic things you can do. Um, That's the mark of a true patriot. <laughs> Witchy Poo 22. Just dropping cookie. Wow. All the Joe Bellhouse says synchronicity cookie. So uh, it is really the generosity is flowing on QuiteFrankly.tv, and we are going to have our weekend programming starting up very soon. Chai Possum says, happy birthday, Lauren. Witchy, Joe, everybody's wishing happy birthday, Lauren, now. Cave Toad said, cool, thanks, Frank. I wasn't sure if I was missing something. And then Linda Love says, I want to see the aged photos. Well, they're in the, uh, they're in the Gilded Chat. Just roll, scroll up. 
to about, I don't know, 3 p.m., 3.30 p.m. It was probably around that time things started getting silly today. Hey, Matt, you want to see a cat that says, look, look, I'm gay. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this, ca- this cat says, look, I'm gay. And then it says, look at me. And it sounds very gay, if you ask me. Uh, here, just take a listen to this. <laughs> and now look <laughs> stupid cat <laughs> and, and then he says look at me ready here it goes <laughs> Let's hear that first. <laughs> He's so prideful, you know what I mean? Uh, let, let's do that. Let's, let's listen to that first one again. Look, I'm gay. Here he goes. <laughs> Look at me. So, I knew that you would like that. Um, speaking of encounters with predators. Yeah. Speaking of encounters with predators, have you ever heard this? This actually uh, during intermission, it made me think about this. Have you ever heard uh, Peter Kane? Peter Kane's dog training. He came out a couple about five years ago to talk about how he was assaulted by a female Bigfoot. No. <laughs> no. Have you ever heard this? Maybe. Okay. Well, then I, I, I'm glad that I picked this up for you because you're gonna like this. This is Peter Kane's dog training. He's actually, he does dog training. He's been doing this for a long time. But he's a very unique guy, and he has a very unique uh, story to tell. This is from about five or six years ago. Uh, Listen to this. Here he is telling a a harrowing story. It's about five minutes long. The title of the the video is Female Bigfoot Forced Me to Do It. (laughs) This is where it happened, back here in this dry creek bed. I was back here looking, I thought one of my dogs was back here, and I, I was like, how'd, how'd the dog get out of the yard? I saw a bunch of, you know, movement, and, I, and then I got back in, and well, maybe it's a deer, and then I was, I was worried about my dogs, because there's a lot of Bigfoot and Sasquatch in this area, I, I didn't have a gun with me, and so I, I got back here, and that's when I saw the female Sasquatch. She tore out of the bushes knocked me down on the ground and I, I thought she was gonna kill me you know I'm like I'm like grabbing for a gun and then I realized I didn't bring a gun with me I didn't have a dog with me I was back here by myself I was terrified I, I, I was actually I was so terrified it was so scary and I wouldn't be back here right now except I I feel the need to like get over my fear and and what happened and what happened was as soon as i was knocked down on the ground she starts ripping my clothes off me she did she pulled my pants off me and i'm like oh great what what she's gonna kill me they're gonna find my naked body here it's worse it's worse as soon as she got my pants off me she started like jerking the ween and i'm like whoa you know that's not gonna work you know what are you doing and then the next thing i know Keep in mind, this is a big Sasquatch, like a comparable to like a big hairy Russian Russian woman. I mean, she was big. She was like, you know, seven and a half, eight feet tall and hairy. And so I'm down there on the ground. I'm completely naked. My clothes have been ripped off me, and she starts giving me a knobber. It was it was all just biological. I didn't have any choice. And the next thing you know. 
You know, I blew my load. I blew my load in the Sasquatch. As soon as I did that, she got up and she ripped down, the, she like let out this howl and then ripped down this tree. And I thought, my God, she's gonna like take the tree and take me and s take it and smash me, right? <laughs> no, it didn't end. It didn't end. And then she starts blowing me again. She starts blowing me again. And I'm like, you know, could you give me five minutes? She didn't even give me five minutes. She started blowing me again. The next thing you know, I bust a nut again, again. And then she stands up and does one of these like, mmm, like, mmm, isn't that good? I, I swear to God, I swear to God. Then she hightails it into the woods this way. Now, I didn't know what to do at this point. I'm like, what do I do? I've been raped by a Bigfoot. Do I call the police? What do I do? I, I still don't know what to do. I mean, she could, she could be pregnant with my child. I'll tell you one thing. I don't go in the woods anymore unless I have a weapon with me. I'll get over this. I think I should probably talk to somebody, maybe a, a counselor or something. <laughs> uh, I've never been raped bef before this. And listen, if it was a female human, yeah, let's do it. But this this was like a creature. It was like a monster. <laughs> There's a fucking monster. I was raped on a fucking dry creek bed. <laughs> There's poison ivy all over here. I'm gonna have poison ivy probably on my ween. Sucks. It sucks, man. I, fe I, fe I felt like I couldn't get fucking clean. I got home and I started taking a bath and I just I just fucking feel like I can't get fucking clean. It's a rough spot. Rough spot. It's been a horrible experience and nobody, nobody will believe me. If I call the police, they're going to tell me I'm fucking making it up. <laughs> fucking horrible. That That's the, the tree that she knocked down after... The first time after I busted my load into her, <laughs> she's probably pregnant with my fucking hybrid baby. That's that's my guess. This is poison sumac, and this is all in the in the dried up creek bed. It's everywhere. I'm sure I'm gonna have poison sumac on my scroto, on the shaft. Dola eat poison sumac, so she was just eating poison sumac before she gave me the knobber. She'd have that shit on her fucking lips and shit. My ween's gonna be breaking out and it ain't gonna be with the herb. You know what I'm saying? This sucks. I don't I don't know what to do. I'll, not, I'll never go back down there alone without a dog or, or a gun. I don't like being treated like a piece of meat like that. Manhandled by some big hairy female. That, that was one of the worst. That was the worst. Seriously, that was the worst. I can't even believe I blew my load. <laughs> It was it was difficult, but I figured you know she was she was making an effort. I figured at some point <laughs> I should too. <laughs> I hadn't seen that in years. I just thought about it. Said, "All right, it's happened." So you know there is there are encounters like that out there that you have to be respectful of because you know lot 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 to be said. All right, well, we don't have any phones, so we're going to go on a break instead. And uh, who knows, maybe we end a little bit early. But I have some stuff we can, we can burn a couple more, couple more minutes. This really stinks because I thought that we were going to be primed for some awesome talks about voting rights. And this just really stinks.
if this happened again, if, if we were really blockaded from calls on Skype again, this happens like every three or four months that so many calls come through, they think it's suspicious activity. I got to tell them it's a radio show. So it's kind of acting like that again, which just really blows. All right. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Manifest. Have a look at the headlock here. See that chap over there? Get your hand off my penis! This is the bloke who got me on the penis before. Get some cups. Why did you do this to me? Get some cups. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Oh, that's a nice headlock, sir. Oh, uh, yes. I see that you know your judo well. Good one. And you, sir, are you waiting to receive my limp penis? Now, get your hands on there. Ta-ta and farewell. One cup, look. Dave and I guess I got to save that voting rights thing for next week because I know this audience would have a lot to say and there would have been a great number of opinions coming from different directions and a, a number of other things. You know, it's only, only so much you can do. You want to hear this, uh, this cool, this little thread that we did on, well, not we did, but Josh Delaney did <laughs> on, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. Yeah. <coughs> Here's what he said. This is on his Twitter account. This is old books guy. He says, sometimes I think the young Napoleon Bonaparte studying at the military academy is the hardest painting of all time. And that's a, this young Napoleon. And then there's this, this projected shadow of what he would become on the wall. Uh, if Napoleon went to a psychiatrist today, he would have gotten ADHD pills. <laughs> From the battlefield, he wrote letters setting down regulations for French theater, reopened investigations into real-life murder mysteries, all while being one of history's greatest conquerors. Today, he would get Ritalin. Uh, all the greatest ambitions are complex. 
let's see here. All the greatest, uh, what is it? Uh, all great ambitions are complex and demand multitasking. A thousand little machines must work just right for the rocket to lift off. A thousand little details must be just right for you to become emperor. From the beginning, Napoleon internalized this in a letter to a minister. He said the following. He said, different subjects and different affairs are arranged in my head as in a cupboard. When I wish to interrupt one train of thought, I shut that drawer and open another. Do I wish to sleep? I simply close all the drawers and there I am asleep. Sounds like, like my day. Only I'm in my kitchen, sitting on a cheap seat, wrecking my back. He continues, says, instead of reading what Marxist theorists think about power, we should read about what actual powerful people say. Power is not the end point, but the beginning. To have power is to have the space, the tools, and the time to be creative, to birth something from nothing. Napoleon said it best. He said, I love power, but I love it as an artist. I love it as a musician loves his violin, to draw out its sounds and chords and harmonies. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, Jash ends by saying, Napoleon had a golden tongue. He said, I saw the crown of France lying in the gutter, so I picked it up with my sword. Balzac went through hundreds of Napoleon's speeches in public uh, gazettes, and he uh, collected it all right there. That, that, that is at Old Books Guy on Twitter. A great follow. Really a great follow. I have found so many awesome cultural revival uh, accounts, people who are just threading based on old concepts, philosophies, uh, historical events. It's just great things there. And I never read anything like that about um, Napoleon. There's also a little bit more we can do, Matt, because I guess we're going to end a little bit early tonight. But here are 15 historical stories that aren't true. All right. All right. This is from History Defined. <clears throat> Let me get you up a little bit more. All right. First one up. This is by Carl Seaver at HistoryDefined.net. What is a story without a little buzz, humor, and hyperbole? This probably explains why many common stories passed down through generations survive on some form of twist or exaggeration to survive and command some fanfare. To a large extent, Hollywood, history teachers, and the media are the chief perpetrators of these stories. But in this article, we will be setting the record straight. 15 historical stories that are not true. Something that's very important to you, Matt, the, bat the Battle of Thermopylae. Yeah. 300 Spartan warriors defended against 10,000 Persians. Oh, yeah, I know that. It was more, they said it was more like... Uh, yeah, there was a few thousand, there was 300 Spartans, but there was a few thousand Greeks there. No, well, no, hold on a second. Let me see. Um, wait. I mean... The, no, it wasn't. It was about 1,500 Greeks, he said. Or Spartans. Um, spread by Zack Snyder's 300 film, the story is told that in 480 BC, Sparta was celebrating a week-long festival of Carnia, as a tribute to Apollo. Uh, in paying homage to this god, worshippers were forbidden to participate in any form of war. Otherwise, they would have ruined their food source for the following year. This tradition was piously preserved, except in the year in question. News traveled that Xerxes, the first king of Persia, was coming to avenge his father's death after his failed attempt to invade Greece ten years ago. As the festival was much in season, Leonidas, king of Sparta, could only gather 300 guards to defend against the Persian army. A point, of re a point often re-echoed uh, is that other Greek city-states mustered up 4,000 soldiers to wait off this intrusion, but as compelling as this is, 
Um, it is, however, a myth. Around 100,000 to 150,000 Greek soldiers joined the face-off. I don't know about that. Maybe after Thermoplay, but I don't know about that. You think you think it was an afterwards? I think this is like one of those efforts to you know rewash well, in the book history. I mean, so people can't be you know have pride and stuff like that. In, in the movie, there was the three hundred, and then there after was, that, then there was the legions that got together. Yeah, but no, but even on that, they there was that other army that was there. There was. There was more than 300 Spartans there. Is it Leonidas' soldiers fought bravely and defended themselves for three days until they were betrayed by a countryman who snitched on them and revealed a back road down the mountains, a strategic front for the Spartan army. It was at this point that Leonidas and his army were slain. Not 300, most accurate accounts claim, but 1,500 soldiers. So where the hell did 100,000 yeah, come I, from? Yeah, I'm telling you, that's not right. Um, and even on top of that, I, I don't think all those 1,500s were from, Spar were from Sparta. And even on top of that, I think uh, some people left the battle before the uh, they got uh, surrounded or whatever. Yeah, all right. Well, they, they, well, I mean, just this article alone confused the hell out of me. Talking about 100 to 150,000, and then at the end, that 1500 line. Here's another one for you. Jewish slaves built the Egyptian pyramids. I don't believe that this, I don't believe this happened either. As Professor Amahi Mazar of the Hebrew University of Jerusalem reported, this myth arose from the speech presented by Menachem Begin former Israeli Prime Minister when he visited Egypt in 1977. According to Dieter Wildung, <clears throat> former director of Berlin Museum, the myth was sold for a long time, perpetrated by Hollywood and the media, mainly because it was virtually difficult for, to stomach the fact that such magnificent pyramids were built without the force, labor, or oppression. So the myth traveled far on the back of sentiments that slaves were generally deployed for such projects as building pyramids. Meanwhile, Dieter points out the pyramids were built out of loyalty to the pharaohs, a claim that recently archaeological findings have corroborated. Uh, however, Professor Mazar laid the issue to rest that when he pointed out that Jews did not exist within the pyramid, uh, the period that the pyramids were built. Now, this is another thing I loved about all of Graham Hancock's work, and that was just pointing out it finally made sense for me after never, never, ever really uh, questioning it that the, the artistry and the, the craftsmanship was so precise. And he said that this is not forced labor. These are people. I think the quote was these are people at the, the height of their their abilities. Mm -hmm. And then um, not only that, but I from everything I have I have read and the people I listen to, archaeologists, uh, uh, the um, not only that, but the. Uh, uh, holy shit! I'm forgetting. Anyway, I, a lot of people that I want to bring on this show, to be honest, to to talk and ask questions of, but it just makes no sense to me that these these pyramids were tombs for one person or another. The projects were too large. It, they 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 went beyond lifetimes, and and they they seem like really <clears throat> intricate technological systems and they're all like mathematically spread apart absolutely so i i think that they were probably temples and more so machines to to generate some sort of connection projections something that 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 is 
that would be on our. Well, that's what they say. They say they were topped with actually like a metal or bronze or whatever at the very peak, and it was like it was a power source. All these pyramids. For example, for example, there's a lot of lot of um, lot of chambers inside that people have very interestingly theorized that they they actually were not just resting places for people, but they could be places where people actually did go to transit to die. Like perhaps this, these were rooms where people who were near death would go there and be able to actually transition somewhere else during that time of leaving this body and going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then also to, who knows what kind of communication, travel, I don't know. It it is uh it's really interesting and I I would love to bring some people on to talk about that. Robert Sepper is another one that would be nice with to do do some theorizing like that and go outside the box and also apply some really um well attained knowledge. And uh I don't know, maybe Timothy uh, Alberino should be coming back sometime this late spring early summer too. Got to bring him back on. Maybe he knows all about that, especially since the the cat yeah. is so important to the Egyptians. It's a symbol of you know of ancient Egypt, so he definitely knows about it. They say that the another thing that is not correct is that King Tutankhamun's tomb it's cursed. Well, it's not cursed. King Tut's tomb is said to be mystically deadly to persons who break into his tomb. So when an earl from England named George Herbert helped Howard Carter rob tombs in Egypt and died shortly after, newspapers waded into the story and puffed out the narrative that Herbert died from a curse. Since then, the curse of the pharaohs became a mainstream flash story, but but here's the truth. The earl had suffered from poor health for about two decades and died from pneumonia five months after he stepped into the tombs, or perhaps the curse waited five months. You never know. But I heard a different story about that. Like the who won? It wasn't this discovered in the nineteen forties, King Tut's tomb. It was a twentieth century. Find. Yeah, and the first person that touched it, he he died. The next person that went in died. Like weird, like circumstances. So what the fuck is this person? Uh, this is another thing that I curses. Curses are something that I I think definitely there's there's something to that, no doubt, but. When I asked, maybe you were here the night that Timothy Alberino was on, and I asked about cursed tombs and and you know grave robbing and all that stuff, and he was actually pretty skeptical skeptical about the whole thing, which I was surprised. He mainly put the um, he mainly put the blame for any kind of severe health fallouts after something like that to the point that when you enter into a tomb especially one that has been sealed up for hundreds, if not a couple of thousand years, you have really have to be careful about how well ventilated the place is. That there's a lot of things, a lot of ancient, at that point, bacteria, things that are just wrong with the atmosphere that you have to go through a very careful process of ventilating and clearing out the air in the space because you could be huffing some toxic shit. Um, that makes a lot of sense, a lot of it practical does. sense. But as far as curses go, I, I don't know. Makes it's just too much. Makes too much sense to me. Oh, but the hope diamond. You know about that curse? No. 
I know about the Hope Diamond, yeah, but I didn't know there's a curse. A bunch of people that owned it, like, died. Their families died. Their houses burnt down, losing their fortunes. This would be a wonderful time to take some calls. Damn. It's the curse of <clears throat> Skype. There's this curse of Skype. That, that That's a real thing. Can't tell me that's not real. Napoleon. We'll do, a, we'll do one or two more. Napoleon Bonaparte was short. Yeah, he was, like I said earlier in the show, he was average size. Napoleon earned his name, uh, the little corporal, out of his soldiers, uh, out of his soldiers' affection for him. But Napoleon wasn't as short as we may think. Going by pre-French Revolution units, Napoleon stretched as far as uh, stretched as far as five foot two inches. By U.S. measurements, he would have been about five foot six inches tall. That's about four inches shy of the average male height in France. Right. Which stands at five foot ten inches, according to the world data. I thought he was five nine. He's five. Six. Well, he's he's only three inches short of that. So there you go. He's not as small as you thought, but he's also not as big as you thought either. He would definitely gotten the leg lengthening these days. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody asking to be if you're five two? He said, "No, I want to be six two. Imagine putting six like. You'd have to do twelve uh, inches on each leg, and your 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 torso is so short and stumpy. Because <laughs> that's the thing that you can't lengthen your legs too much because it'll look weird with your torso. Yeah. You have to lengthen your torso. No, you're talking about spine stretching and spinal. Here you go. This is this is one that I I thought uh, I didn't know about. The Romans had a special building to vomit. I've never heard about that. I, I heard about it. I thought it was it was called a vomitorium. I thought that that's where they all went to purge after their binging. The myth is that there was a place in ancient Rome called the vomitorium where Roman elite would stuff themselves with fine delicacies until they felt like vomiting in an ancient buffet. Dinner guests were believed to shove a feather down their throat so they could vomit, empty their stomachs, and eat some more. This is remarkably disturbing if you're a food lover, but the real story may be less perturbing. A vomitorium is a Latin word derived from vomo, meaning to spew out, which may be, have given it, uh, given it way. However, the truth is that the vomitorium is an exit or an entrance of a large architectural structure where people can traverse different building areas. So it was just an exit. That doesn't make any sense. I never heard that. I don't. I never heard that. And why? The, There's not one Roman out there that had a special room where everybody can go vomit. They didn't come from anywhere that is that is truthful. Man, they make it sound like every Roman was stuffing their face till they threw up. Well, no. Obviously, that is a an elitist thing to do. A a lowly Roman who was you know, who was uh, you know, uh, working breaking their back every day they're not going to go eat and then throw up all that that food that they have that's scarce maximus would never do that no he wouldn't and nobody threw up in in gladiator yeah the one guy did before they went out with that big battle uh, oh no he peed i thought he peed he uh, peed himself then maybe i'm getting confused with private ryan where that guy throws up yeah he throws up on the um on the craft the landing craft I, I would love to watch Saving Private Ryan again, but I don't know if I got the heart for it. I just don't know. I want, used to watch it so much, but now there's just there's so much more. You know what would kill me? What would really kill me? And it used to get me back then, too. 
But what would really kill me now is, um, oh, what's his name? Giovanni uh, Ribisi. Giovanni Ribisi. When he not, dies. Not just his death, not just his death, but the night before he died, telling the story about having memories of pretending to be asleep when his mom would come home from work. And even though he knew she was there, he would pretend to be asleep, uh, and he doesn't know why. And the next day he dies, he's crying for her, and all. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it. There are these movies I, I, I just I would have a real tough time with now. <clears throat> really would. But it doesn't mean that they yeah. aren't fantastic. Yeah, that's the saddest character in that movie, dude. And think about, dude, the storming of the beach, too, where he's he's being led around by another medic, right? And the medic's like, ah, we can't do nothing for him. We got to go. Right? Yeah. And he's like... That movie is really... And you've seen... You've seen a lot of those. You've seen a lot of those. <clears throat> we got we to gotta air that on, the, on the, the network at some point. It's still a really good one. Man, the '90s. Talk about movies. That that was especially for like five summers in a row. Some of the biggest films in in history, especially when you talk about subject matter and quality. I don't even care about about um, about what was going on at the box office. That shit is meaningless. Forrest Gump, Saving Private Ryan, Gladiator. Gladiator was two thousand though. Was it? That was I feel too- like I was in like ninth grade. That's nineteen ninety nine. I think Gladiator was. I think that was two thousand. Hey Siri, when was Gladiator uh, released? Not. Here's an answer from Britannica. Two thousand. American historical epic film released in two thousand. That was directed by Ridley Scott and starred. Ruth- two, that's twenty three years old. And then the next year, to think that the ne- it wasn't two thousand one, The Matrix. Hey Siri, when was the Matrix released? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Okay, I found this. It is okay. So the year before it was the Matrix. Damn. So I remember coming home from bowling late at night, and shit would always be on. The Matrix would always be on. Be like, oh, all right, awesome. So much, so much all at once. I heard that that guy Donald Marshall died. I don't know whom that is. He, uh, well, I have to look into it a little bit more, but I got a couple of emails about Donald Marshall. He, he was the one that that uh, that was really the the center of a lot of talk of Illuminati cloning facilities, claimed that he was cloned or or was involved well, in all. They the- just came out and said that they did some shit like that. Didn't you hear about this? What? They cloned like two kids or some shit. You didn't hear about this recently? There was some no. shit, or they did like something with like they grew two kids from. Um, I think AI was involved actually. Uh, hey, hold on, hold on. Let me see. AI, two children. I don't know. Artificial intelligence should be written. Oh, our children are growing up with AI. No, I don't see anything here. I don't see it. I'll have to look at it. I need to save these things. Donald Marshall's story. When I first heard about this, this is from Sinister dot com. Let's see. Um, what's his story? A Canadian man who claims that he was a victim of Illuminati cloning. He says that he is regularly tortured by high-profile celebrities, politicians, and members of the royal family. He amassed a huge online following with his regular postings about what was happening uh, the night prior at cloning. And there are loads of documents available which go into his story in great deal. 
And what does he say about clones? He says that uh, that's a human conscious that human consciousness can be sucked out of them, causing the physical body that they are in at the moment to simply flop on the floor and placed into another cloned version of themselves. Marshall said that these are clones that are made to fight, abuse, or hurt for entertainment of Illuminati leaders who watch from the sidelines like Roman emperors overseeing gladiatorial battle. Marshall posted about the Hurta- about this Hurtado case, another case about a guy who burned down a house with people inside of it because he thought that they were all clones. Gotta look into that some other night, maybe for a Saturday night. He said, um, "He said, uh, tragic. Sounds like he was at a cl- he was at cloning though." One follower said, "Can they teleport too? Can clones teleport?" He replied, referring to a suddenly uh, referring to suddenly being in a new body in a new place. It seems like teleportation. Open your eyes and you're there. So he's dead. So if he comes back, he's gonna know he's him again. Is he gonna come back and say, "Hey guys, I'm back"? I see. I I don't know. I I get. I, like I guess. In, I guess there's a difference between being at a cloning facility and actually going through a process with proper technology and maybe even ritual, where you are transferred almost like you know in child's play, where the 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 antagonist transfers his life energy into the Chucky doll, and he's just jumping from doll to doll to doll at that point. Maybe it's like that. I'm interested in stuff. The cloning, I have not written off. When we had Jeffrey Peterson on the show, too, about the Arizona Mafia, he came on a couple of times after we had covered all the Arizona political stuff and the Mexican PRI stuff, he was talking about cloning and how he suspects that everybody has cloned, that he heard Nancy Pelosi, uh, he saw Nancy Pelosi going through like a book, going through like a, a picture book of whatever and talking to somebody and he, he knew or he assumed that it was about clones, he heard Nancy Pelosi say, he's doing mine too. Like somebody is taking care of her clone that she's going to be jumping into when the time is right. I don't, or, or new body. Can you imagine all these people you think, you're, think are gone are really just starting a new life somewhere else in a, in a new assumed identity? I hope Donald Trump's got his clone ready. Oh, he's been part of many cloning theories. And he's got... I, everybody's got doubles. We know everybody has doubles. I mean, every ass backwards third world dictator has at least a dozen doubles. Saddam had like a, a small army of doubles. Then again, everybody looks like Saddam. Have you noticed that? Like, there's so many guys that look like Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Especially when you put a mustache on them. You put a mustache and beret on like maybe one out of every ten guys, and they look like Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Yeah. Because, so, you know, you could, he had that either. He could be also, he could be Mexican too, right? He looked like he was Mexican and Middle Eastern. Jeez. Well, anyway. Anyway, I think we did a, I think we did good enough tonight. Matt, thank you for hanging. Oh, shit. We'll end with your things here. Here you go. Ten ways to uh, avoid... Or, or 10 ways to deal with an encounter with Mothman. Let me put on a, a nice, uh, there you go. All right, here we go. You guys ready for this one? We're going to be raffling this off next week. All right, so you're going along your way. You come across a red-eyed, glowing red-eyed Mothman, and you are scared for your life. What do you do? Number one, Matt, should I be reading this from 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? 1 to 10. Okay. 
Number one, uh, you will most likely perish, but number one, obviously, you can run indoors or you can fight. Number two, if you are near water, get in under the water and stay under at least three to four minutes after you pass out. Stay in three more. Stay under the water for three or four minutes after you pass out. So after you pass out, you stay still stay under there. Okay. 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 Very good. He'll be so confused he'll think that you're you're gone. <laughs> and then at the number three, he said here, the moth is attracted to light. If possible, burn it to death. Light yourself ablaze to attract him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't light a torch. You're the biggest thing out there. You want the fire to be as big as possible. <laughs> Number four, in, intimidate the moth. Intimidate the moth by f by frogging around like a frog. Frogs eat moths. Oh, so you should actually get on all fours and just jump around like a frog. He would think that, oh, this thing's going to eat me. If you act like an animal towards an animal, it will think you're an animal. Number five, mothmen. Mothmen. <laughs> it's, it's it's one. It's just, Did I write Mothman? You said Mothman. I might have meant to. Whole legion of Mothman. I might have meant to. Number five. <coughs> Mothmen only slaughter yeah. real men. I meant to write Mothman. Mothmen only slaughter real men. Tell the moth that you are a soupy-brained liberal. This will scare him away with disgust. Number six, transgenderism does not exist in the real world, but this will. <laughs> Transgender transgenderism does not exist in the real world, but this will confuse the great beast. Confusion will only add to his anger. So why do you, so why do you want to get him angry? You try to get the hell out I'm of there. I'm telling you what not to do on that one. Oh, what not to like do. Like, if you're a tranny, you don't tell them you're a tranny. Oh, got you. I'm, I'm trying to help them and save their lives. Yeah. Even though 43%. That's it. Number seven, convince the moth that you are a Clinton. The moth, was uh, the moth has spent time in Arkansas. He doesn't want to suicide himself. Oh, yeah. Even Mothman cannot overcome a Clinton. He's been down there. Number eight, play any episode of The View. All of his lenses will explode from looking at such devilish charlatans and, e <laughs> and, ear, and eardrums. I don't know what I, what, what, what I spelled it wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would, would I, looking drum, at would such, I forget the B? Such devilish... No, no, no. Forget the B? No, you put the B in. Eardrums, does, it's not spelled E-A-R-D-R-U-M-B-S. Drums. It's just a drum. <laughs> Uh, look, <laughs> looking at such devilish charlatans and eardrums will explode from hearing such bullshit bullshit yes uh, number nine <laughs> number nine get a gun have a gun use a gun and number ten finally this is what everybody needs to know find a nice tree with good cover kneel down 
<laughs> Kneel down and off yourself. The moth can't kill you if you're already dead. I love how you have to kneel down to do it. Such so as reverence for yourself and the tree. Yeah. You gotta respect yourself. Yeah. Respect yourself. That's it. I'm gonna be adding this into the the fun. So I only made one spelling error. Just only one spelling error. Oh well let me see. You will most likely okay, obviously. You can run indoors. Um That's fine. The moth is attracted. That's fine. Possible. Burn it to death. Light yourself ablaze. That's spelt right. Intimidate is spelt correct. That's fine. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, usually I know how to spell. I don't know why I put a B. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. <laughs> usually I know how to spell. I don't know why I couldn't spell this. <laughs> All right. Justin Polgar says, happy birthday to the lovely Lauren from the Yes family, also for 80s TV on sick days, Knight Rider and Family Feud. Thank you for that, Justin. I can't wait to talk to Justin when uh, when he calls in about the KetoCon. I would have loved to gotten so many calls tonight. Really sucks. I'm going to have to give myself a call. Hey, Siri, call 914-595-6953. Let's see. Your call cannot be completed at this time. Please try again later. It happened again. It happened again. It happened again at Skype. Every four months, this happens. And I say, can you please make a note on my account? Can you whitelist it? Can you, you, can you put it in a category that this is not going to happen? I get all these calls from people from all over the world. And uh, a lot of them are missed calls because I can't pick them all up. And they, they flag it as suspicious behavior. So now i got to write this down for me to do before I start Monday night's show. That sucks. That took away a, a very vital aspect of what tonight's show was going to be dependent on. And I'm sorry about that, ladies and gents. Maybe I'll recycle the voting, the voting thing for next week. Maybe Tuesday night. I had an open show on Tuesday night. We can do the voting thing. Damn. So, that sucks, but it's something I can't kick myself over, obviously. Winston has left me a super chat. Oh, wow. That's nice of him. That's nice of him. He looks like he's already on his feet. He's got a bank account. Good for him. He's probably selling drugs to all the raccoons. <laughs> The Winston says, this isn't over, Frank. You think your buddy can just dump me in the woods like a dead body? <laughs> and and it's just over? That guy did not get... <laughs> that guy did not get raped by Bigfoot. That was my wife, Large Marge. It's always funny until you're raped or wrapped. <laughs> See, they're spelling raped uh, with two Ps. <laughs> By, in a dry riverbed by a huge possum. Don't even bring that up. I think that's part of my... I'm going to wrap you up in saran wrap. I'm going to wrap you, man. I'm going to wrap you. Uh, well, listen, I actually think that um, the rodents of unusual size from Princess Bride went a long way in freaking me out about gigantic rats. So, uh, listen, you're not to... You haven't gone anywhere. I haven't already gone with my with my mind. You should but, see the size of a rat I just pulled out of Jay's house a couple weeks ago. Jay? Yeah. Jay had rats. 
He had one get in there. How big were we talking? He was a big boy. I thought he was a squirrel. Really? Yeah. Did you grab it with your hands? Oh, he was perished. Oh, so the, he he reported the smell then. Yeah. I gotta tell I gotta tell uh, my family that everybody that smelled the smell yesterday that it wasn't it wasn't just the possum it was the sardines you put down. Oh, yeah, I told your mom. Okay. Anyway, let's go Can on. Possum secrete this green mucus-like substance when they feel threatened. It smells like rotten meat. So that's what they you know. Play it's part possum. of their play, Dead. Mm-hmm. They're good actors. Well, thank you, Winston. I, I was trying to make a better life for you than under the, under the porch. I don't. I don't think anybody should have to subject themselves to living under another person's porch. Did you just see the video of the coyote? There, someone's on a work site, and there's a possum running along, and a coyote comes and picks it up, and then it plays dead. That coyote drops it, and then he pisses on it. No. <laughs> I kind of want to see it. Yeah, that possum died later that night. Why? He peed on it. If you pee on a possum, it's dead? It'll he die? He peed on it for a reason. He's going to go back and get it. Oh, so he would be able to track it down no matter yeah. where it was. So then why didn't it just... Why did it pee on it? Because there was a worker there. I thought maybe maybe he thought he, maybe he got scared or I don't know. Oh, they okay. They do that sometimes. Usually they leave it outside of their den, but I don't know. He could have been a younger fox. I'm learning a lot about this stuff. Local. Coyote. Coyote. American Girl 3 says, Hi, Frank and Matt. While tossing the trash, I heard hissing from under the barbecue. Like a chicken, I ran back to the house. The next day, I looked and found a few a few possums. Wildlife control came. Not only was the mama there, but also 14 babies. Lucky we got them all. 14 babies. Have you ever come, ac- come across a litter like that? Um, I don't know. They're always hanging on the mom, so I don't really count. I just let them go. I am trying to fucking touch the thing if I don't have to. Oh. <clears throat> well, I, I hope that they're not built. I hope there's not a family left behind. Next time you come by a chill, you got to take a closer look. Well, you'll see if it comes in and out. Well, I'll keep my ears peeled. Tell Lauren to let you know. Yeah, I'll tell Lauren. Lauren, can you go into the porch and snoop around? No, she'll see it when she's out there. She certainly will. She always does. And she keeps things from me now. Well, now you can ask her and you'll know if she's lying towards you. I know. Now I'll just look. She can't lie. She's not a good bluffer. No, you know what she does? Now I realize she just kind of like spins on a heel and turns away. (laughs) She spins on her heel and turns away and doesn't just, just doesn't look at you. So I'm going to realize that now, especially when it comes to uh, matters of of uh, of beastly home invaders. Dan Theater says Friday night with Matt. Those are fun. I'm really laughing out loud alone over here. Oh, I'm happy that you're that you're having a good time. That's Dan over on Rockfin. And let me make sure that I didn't miss anything over on Rumble. Nope, everything's good. And over on Foxhole again. Quite Stevely says, hey, Matt, Napoleon was 5'6". If he had been 5'10", he'd still be the emperor of France. Yeah. yeah. Well, <clears throat> if he was 5'6", nowadays, you probably would have had some woman completely just destroy his, um, uh, what do you call, and he would have been nothing. 
Oh yeah, well I think what Jash Delani was talking about was it was really good. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that would have gotten in the way of some of the greatest, most influential people in history if they were born a little bit later with the the uh, the war, the psychology war that we live under right now, the pharmaceutical war. They would have been diagnosed ADHD. They would have been diagnosed this thing or another. They would have had their brain put through a paper shredder by some Marxist gender bending teacher. Shit, there would have been no Howard Hughes. So, a lot of things would have ended. But uh, thank you, thank you everybody, and thank you to everybody over there on Foxhole. We are releasing the scratching right now. You've been so good to me. And enjoy the weekend roundup that is beginning very soon, as soon as we end over here. And um, there's nothing else to say. Matt, I hope you have a great rest of your evening. And we'll see what the rest of the weekend brings us all. Does that sound good? Indeed. All right. And you. Yes. St. Francis of Assisi. Thank you. Oh, that's what, yeah, you know what? I was thinking you should, instead of calling them Franklies or whatever, your, your fans should be called Franciscans, bro. The Franciscans. Frankly, you know, they name themselves Franklies. Yeah, I know. I know. You can't. Well, I'm going to refer to them as the Franciscans. You can, you, you have the, you have the, the power to do things like that. And they would not say it would be your prerogative and. You hold that kind of sway with a lot of people. I think that what you are doing right now, I'll tell you what you're doing. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not. I'll tell you what you're doing. No, I'm not. <laughs> this, is, this is going to cause, this is almost like a schism. <laughs> there are there are now Schism. there are now going to be people because you spoke that into existence there are now going to be a, there's going to be at least a small split in the audience where there are people who are going to go rogue and they're going to choose between whether they want to be franciscans or franklies i know i definitely know mike from maryland's going to want to be a franciscan he's going to be a franciscan i know that i know it yeah that, that's one person uh, th- uh, you just did something you caused a major a major splitting <laughs> of the frankly time continuum. Oh man, let me see what's going on in the chat room right now. <laughs> Let's see here. Franciscan Franklies, quite Franklies. I don't know. If, I don't. We're, we're going to see what, what comes. It's going to pop up. We'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Some people are going to say one or the other. I never got. I never got into that. Um, I never tried to brand anything. I just saw the, you know, it's all it's all fun and games, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But uh, it, it'll be fun to see where the fun and games go on, <laughs> on that end now. All right. Anyway, thank you guys um, so much, and we'll we'll see you on Monday. I'm looking forward to another week with you, and a happy birthday to all of our friends out there. But especially happy birthday to my beautiful wife Lauren, and um, and good night to all. To all, a good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before our lives, studio audience. And now, our super chatters. Starting with Jesse Woke, who just came in at the last minute. This is all this possum talk right now before I go under my trailer to replace the cinder block. Thanks, guys. Sorry, Jesse. Justin Polgar. Winston the Possum. American Girl 3, The Sentinel, Montana Todd, Dan Schumann, Dooku Dan, Chef J. Kinney, and K.T. Sky D. Thank you to our friends on Rockfin, Dan Theater, and to all of our friends over on Foxhole on QuiteFrankly.tv and Rumble, who are sending Rumble rants and everything else. No matter where you watch tonight, 
We love you all. We'll see you at 7 o'clock on Monday. And tune in all throughout the weekend for the curated programming, especially Sunday night at 9. Good night. and the truest, alas, are the fewest. But be one of these if you can. In duty ne'er fail, you will find twill avail you and bring its reward when a man. Don't think life plain sailing, there's danger of failing, though bright the future seem to be. But bright honor and labor and truth to your neighbor will bear you safe over life's seas. Then up and be doing, right only pursuing, and take your fair part in the strife. Be honest and true, boys, whatever you do, boys. Let this be your motto through life. Just a little bit of a reminder, a word to the wise, if you will. Do not worry about the worries from yesterday. Leave it in the past. Move forward with confidence because there are so many new things to be experienced today. New joy to be had. So move forward, be strong, and have a great rest of your day.